Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. The brief visit of the yellow and orange and amber of the reds when I leave the subway or the house or the studio by the synagogue through the hof when I feel vulnerable and fragile like an eggshell when the fall in its brief visit. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you are in the world. I'm Russell Tovey. And I'm Robert Diamond. And this is Talk Art. Welcome to Talk Art. Well, Robert, how are you today? Today, Russell, I am feeling queer. <gasps> no, you're not. Queer AF. Queer AF. Yes, hon. Um, because <laughs> we are here at Carl Friedman Gallery, which I am the director of. Oh. And we don't always do episodes here, but we're doing it because today's guest is A, already a Talk Art alumni, and we met him prior to me working with him in Hampstead a few years ago. And we I actually it, met him on the 21st of January, 2022. Wow. It's a long time ago. And we wanted to kind of check in and uh, give our listeners a follow-up on the extraordinary sort of global progress ever since the talk art episode of today's guest. Not only has he graduated his like fine art course, but he's now internationally exhibiting. And we have the most kick-ass exhibition that's just opened in Margate. It's called The Good Years and it runs until uh, late in January 2024. So there's loads of time to come and see this show. And the reason I said I'm feeling queer is because there's a lot of queer subjects in today's show, mm -hmm. as well as, you know, allies and other people who aren't queer but there's queer and universal scenes that aren't just queer that are you know everybody can if queer or not that's right and there's architectural uh, influences he's even created beautiful pink arches and there's pink flowers and there's a pink entrance hall and it's just super glamorous this pink exhibition it's pink 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 and you know what else i thought last night is in these kind of gray like i feel like winter's come really quickly in england it's already, mm. it's like november and it's, yeah, it's still like kind of warm january yeah i know but the color of the sky it's all very gray right. when you walk into this exhibition you feel like you are in technicolor land like it feels like time. Mediterranean at points. It does. It's very Italian, actually. Yes. Um, you, you like Italy, don't you, Russ? I love Italy. Can okay, you introduce go... me, please? Say yeah. my name, because I also <laughs> want to talk. <laughs> I'll cut this bit out. So we would like to no, welcome to Talk Art, the legend that is... Navot Miller! Hello, Hi, Robert. Hi, Russell. Hi, Good Navot. to see you. Good Hi, see you thank too. you for having me. For the um, second time. Yes, for the second time. You cannot get enough of me. We can't. We're obsessed with you. I'm no, obsessed with no, you. I'm, <laughs> I'm obsessed with you guys. No, thank you for having me having me um yeah i'm feeling nostalgic a little bit being here talking because yeah it was what a year and a half ago yeah Slightly january more. 22 yeah and it was so lovely uh how we it was nearly two years ago then yeah yeah, yeah in Hampstead. so yes. what's it been like since then like because at that point you were quite new to it all weren't you you hadn't you had done some exhibitions but correct it has been a pivotal moment i i now in retrospect i can uh 100% say that meeting Russell that led to meeting Robert and doing this podcast 
and the moment that podcast aired in March 2022, things are slightly different. And so this is why I think it's a very, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a foundation moment in my practice or in my career, I would say. I will uh, forever be grateful for that as well. But, you know, since then it has been just significantly busier, aka, you know, good. I mean, busy means good. Obviously, you know, some days you're like, I have so much to do, but at the end of the day, I, I like to be busy. Um, it led me also to meet wonderful people and to work with um, galleries and showing my work in New York. And, you know, it led us, uh, you know, we've been planning this show in Carl Friedman Gallery for a little over a year mm. uh, since Freeze last year. And, you know, it's something, it's like a little baby mm. that is now since yesterday was brought into the world and I feel very, I feel in peace and I feel relief that, you know, we did it. And uh, I'm very happy that we get to also, you know, review it and talk about it a little bit. Um, well, let's talk about it then. So after yeah. that interview, me and you worked together on two exhibitions, which were fantastic. One was in London in Battersea with they were friends of yours. Yes, Grove. Yeah, and they were. That was a really great experience. And this was a time that we, you know, we drew on the walls in there, and it was like a big entrance thing, which became a bit of a theme for a while. Of course, it became a part of the practice, you know, painting, and you know, kind of like in in a multidisciplinary way of. Uh, you know, using the walls of the gallery or walls next to the gallery and painting on them. Something that I was also, you know, we were talking about Keith Herring and his practice in, you know, painting in subways, painting in doorways. And this is something that uh, since doing the show in Grove, that was April 2022. So that was like a month after the... But this is art that just exists almost like a happening. It's there. If you see it, you see it. It will be documented, of course. But these things are then painted over. Like the Keith Herrings were normally, you know, ripped off the walls or they were painted over or they were wheat pasted over with other posters. This thing, I like this this quality that you have. We have these permanent works, but then you have these other things which are... Yeah, like temporary, temporary. quite fleeting. Even last night's dinner we had for you, you actually like drew in crayons all over the table. It was this huge, huge, huge wooden table. Right. And another great quality of this or like great... Part of that is that, for example, when we had the show, actually earlier this year, February 2023, I had a show at Yossi Milo Gallery in New York and also in this gallery on the wall that is facing the street. I also painted the title of the show, Eurovision. And as I was painting it, it was in the afternoon and in Chelsea, I think it's on 10th Avenue. Some parents were walking on that street with their kids and a lot, a lot, a great number of people reacted to this in such a positive way and kids stopped to look at it. And it was such a beautiful moment to also say like, Hey, do you want to paint with me? Do you want to like, you know, doodle something? And it was uh, many, many kids reacted very positively. Did they come in and join you? (laughs) Of course. And it's also beautifully documented. And you know, that wall is now, it, it doesn't exist anymore, but the fact that, you know, me painting it and there were kids involved in that. It is something very... It's very Keith Haring energy. Yeah, it's educational. It's, you know, it's meaningful. It's also fun. Mm. And uh, I like when, you know, when art is also becoming slightly interactive, especially with kids, you know. Even when we did the table at the... um, Margate House. At the Margate House Hotel. uh, There was a lovely kid there, uh, Sasha. He was present at the time I I was doing the table. And Sasha was like, can I join? And I said, of course. And, you know, he painted turtles and 
So I love that that aspect of of that. You yeah. did it in 1969 gallery as well. We, we, right, there right. was like a New York skyline. And- 1969, I think, was the first. Oh, it was the second show that we, you know, I painted on the wall mm-hmm. and I painted on the on the AC. So that was like oh yeah, we painted over the air conditioning yeah. unit and stuff. Yeah. yeah. And earlier this week, you were actually in New York. So on Monday, and get, where did you go on Monday? Right. So I was very, you know, lucky to being able to see. Keith Haring Foundation and to meet Gil, the, the director. Yeah, Gil Vasquez is a previous talk art guest. And I went there a week a week and a half ago and I was so moved, I was almost crying inside the Keith Haring studio that I said to Navot, you have to go as well. And then Jill, sorry, Gil very kindly invited me. Oh, you, you went? In. Yeah, yes, went I did. And I was in the foundation. It was, you know, very, very moving to also see the tools, you know, the actual tools that Keith worked with and personal objects and to also just physically be in the space that, you know, Keith's uh, studio. Yeah. Um, seeing also, you know, the hallway, for example, when you enter the building, you see Keith's work and it's, yeah. uh, it's very moving and powerful and ex- extremely inspiring. You and I also went to, I forgot what, what was the hotel, but you remember we went, we went to see this gigantic Keith Oh yeah, that was in the middle of Times Square. It was the uh, Hyatt. Exactly. And they had the, the, the one that he made with kids, which was the Statue of Liberty, and he got them all to sort of draw in it. And it was huge and they had it. Exactly. And I was, telling, top. I was telling Jill about it. And um, yeah, exactly. I remembered also that we spoke about, you know, Keith doing this with kids. So once again, it's... Uh, it's empowering and inspiring very much. I very much would like my practice to follow, to, to go in this direction, you know? You know what I found so inspiring about it as well is that it's such a small studio in a way. Like it's big for New York style, but but there's something really fascinating about the global reach and the kind of epicness. And even to this day, you know, the way that people are wearing it on their clothes, it's kind of everywhere. It's such a universal global language, but it's made from this tiny studio. Mm. And you see all the marks on the wall, like right. all the stencil marks. and like <clears throat> well, all Where the, the tarp was and he's gone over yes. there and, and paint, paint blobs on paint the floor. Paint blobs on the floor. And, and, and like, it suddenly became really magical. And even in the lift downstairs, when you get into the elevator, there's there's actually like all over the ceiling is his his original kind of murals. And then there's a big snake when you walk in the hallway. Right. There's like the original stickers on the door. It's just so weird. Like you really feel him there. Like he was just there and he I thought died he was just in walk 1990. In. I know, oh, it's it was wild. so emotional. But the, you, you definitely feel, you know, we're talking about the kids collaboration, but when it comes to merch, you know, sweaters, screen printing sweaters, I can imagine a Navot pop shop that would feel completely Oh my God, one day. Perfect. Possibly. <laughs> Possibly. Yeah, possibly. I'm also, you know, I'm excited about a few things that are coming up for me in 2024. One of them is uh, the collaboration with Todd Snyder that, you know, I'm also for it's just another one of the things that uh, I was lucky to, you know, to to be connected to via Russell, via you. So and they've been making the prototypes and you were in New York last week and you saw all the initial products and they yeah, look the amazing. Yeah, the samples were doing this incredible, like it, it's, I mean, it's lush and it's amazing and it's huge. It's a beach towel and we're doing also a tote bag and a few other things that's coming up next summer. So yes, I also like that fact that once again, the work, the become slightly more interactive. You can wear it, you can lay on it. Why is that? Why is that exciting for you? Look, I mean, you know, I don't need to tell you guys, I, you know, talk art is, you know, I I believe a part of what talk art is, is, is making art more accessible. And, you know, if, 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 if I, if I have my phone inside a case that has a Keith Haring behind that, that also, it, it becomes more engaging in a way for me. People may comment on it. People may ask, hey, what is this? It's a little bit like a book. I read a book and people say, what are you reading right now? And then I, I share what I'm reading right now. And that might 
make other people read or not read this book, but in any way, it's more engaging. I feel, and, you know, I think I think like other artists, like there are artists that would you know say differently or think differently. That's also totally okay. I think in my case, I am up for inclusivity over exclusivity, and therefore, kids, you know, people that in their life can afford what they can afford to, and if, and if they like it, they, they're welcome to very, do that. I mean, we would describe you as a pop artist then in the way that Keith Haring was and the way that causes Lichtenstein, Warhol, there's this thing of about connecting to the masses and they're wearing these sweaters with this artwork on it and unbeknownst to them, it's something like activism or something political or something really important. And it's like, but yet it becomes this accessible image that everybody can have access to. Exactly. Look, I think my work... Or I look at my work, someone asked me the other day, describe your work in three words. And one of the three words is, it's actually a word combined of two words, but it's straightforward. My work, I look at my work as quite simple. Obviously, it is intimate and personal because I show moments that happen to me, people that I met, places that are, places that are so, in some way significant to me. So my work to begin with, I think, I look at it as quite easy to relate to or to understand what you see you know this is also related to what i like in life i like to understand things i like to know things i like to look at something and understand it if i don't understand i will ask a question hey what is this hey what is your name you know what i mean so that also very much go hand by hand with what i show you know, understanding a simple thing is quite important for me. Like, well, communication, yeah, and visual clarity, com- yeah, exactly. So, yeah, and it's direct and it's dynamic, and yeah, there's a clarity to it, isn't there? Exactly, and you know, also in my work, I mean, this is also another another thing that I like about the show that we we have here is that some of the work are more direct than others. And the works that are not necessarily direct, let's say there is a work I show three of my friends, Inigo, Mickey, and Felipe, and they are look, they're staring, they're looking at the horizon and they're, you know, they're, they're in some sort of a water source. In this case, it's a Witwesee, it's a lake north, north of Berlin. And, uh, you know, they look at something, uh, I think at the time that, well, I, yeah, it doesn't matter what they were looking at, but... I very much enjoy listening to people inter- interpret what they see in this work. Uh, what were they saying? And what were the main so things? So they were looking at a, a a group of birds. I think they were storks that they were like flying and they were commenting, oh, how many of them? Um, you know, they were talking about birds that they were seeing. But there are no birds in the painting, which once again, I... I like to understand what I'm seeing, but I also like to leave room for people to see what they see in it. Mm. And, you know, it's another thing also, like, I like, for example, when you, Robert, when, like, you know, the titles, the titles of my work is also quite simple. I title my work, like, Aaron about to jump, Robert in my room, Irvin in his room. And then I like when other people say, oh my God, I, my favorite painting is the 2021, which is the self, uh, uh, the, the, the self-portrait of me. Getting, in Margate House. Uh, in Margate House, that's another self-portrait. 2020 oh. is uh, me being fucked, basically. Oh. Uh, you cannot really see me. <laughs> you cannot really see me there. But anyway, um, uh, yeah. And then like, for example, you would say the swimmer. 
which is a new title for you know and i i enjoy it i enjoy oh, when people like, invent their own titles exactly yeah. so you find also out what their association is exactly and i to begin with i'm not good with titles so i'm like i welcome but that. they need titles you'd never do untitled yeah i usually like a title you know something that i can refer to ah yeah we were in lake como and aaron was about to jump and he was afraid of it and people were staring at him it's like a diary, I remember. Well, they're, they're all autobiographical. So for people listening now who didn't listen to the first episode, please go back and listen to the first oh, yeah. episode and you can <laughs> right, catch right, up. But right. th- th- this, this is your life. We're witnessing your life. Yeah. You deliberately change the flesh colors of everything to make it deliberately unrealistic, although it's completely based on your biography. Right, true moments. And these, these names are people that have been in your life, of whether course. they're friends, family, still lovers. Are. Yes, yes. some of them still are. And, and what is that like? having your autobiography as something that you then project out there into the world. So people could like you just saying you, there's a painting of you getting fucked, for example, yeah. that's a very personal intimate, intimate moment, yeah. but you're sharing it with the world now. Yes. I think, you know, first of all, as a person, I am a sex positive person and I see it as something that we should celebrate over something being as a taboo or something we should not talk about. Mm. I don't, I don't look at it as something that I should, you know, apologize for um but yeah showing intimate moment is also something or like showing these intimate moment also shows what i'm interested in i'm interested in authenticity intimacy honesty you know so funny that we're talking about this about this specific work because it is it's an an unusual work of you know showing like anal sex is something that usually i like the in-between moments if it's after sex, mm. if it's before sex, if it's undressing, showering. Oh, that's uh, so true. You know, yeah, it's uh, very uh, rare you see the actual act. Exactly. In your work, yeah. But that self-portrait was, I mean, that moment just, it was also quite funny for me because there is a calendar on the wall that says 2020. It's quite, it's quite funny, but that calendar was there. Um, but it feels, you know, it is, I think when we, if we're honest with ourselves and we can be honest with our environment, it's something quite sweet in life, you know, to, to share, to share intimate moment is beautiful. It's these beautiful moments in life. You know, we do this, we do share intimate moments with our friends, with our family, with people that we, we care about. And it's something that I celebrate, you know, I, I enjoy these moments in life. Uh, and that you is, work from photographs. So I this would from, have been a, an image originally. That was an image. That is an image. The person that I, you know, engaged with, he took a picture and that was great that he did because now it's hanging here in a gallery. I think also people confuse intimacy sometimes, especially in art with like something shocking or like, or like some kind of attention seeking, like shock factor when actually it's these really loving, queer intimate, in queer. Like inti- yeah, yeah, exactly. Like yeah. But I hate that idea when it just gets turned into something provocative. Yeah. But exactly. It's exactly. It is evocative or I, I look at it as evocative over provocative. Mm. I am not trying to provoke. I think, I think it's quite, I don't, I'm not interested in provoking someone. It's, I'm just not interested in that. But I am interested in making people react to what they see. But right next to this painting, uh, let's call it 2020, right next to it, there is Irvin in his room. Irvin is a friend of mine in London. And he once again, like that relates to that moment of after sex of Irvin staring at the bottle of the lube because I was like, oh, that's, that was a 
That was a good lube. It didn't burn for once because sometimes it burns lube. What, 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 what lube are you using? What chili? I, I forgot, but I, I like. Uh, <laughs> what are you? Lube? To be honest, I'm 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 quite fine with both water based and oil based. It's just oil based makes it slightly more messy. It stains. Silicon one and stuff. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, I don't. I actually don't remember what was this, but anyway, it was okay. It was good. The sex was f- fun, and it was in Irving's apartment in in london and then after sex i was telling him what that was a good lube what is it and then he just pulled the lube to to tell me the the name of it and that was <laughs> that is the painting you know what i mean that in between moment uneventful but very sweet and honest like it is this and this you know what i love about this new show is that a few people who have come in already because it only opened last night but we had twinkle who's the editor of margaret mercury oh. and she's a painter herself twinkle trotton wow. and um she said that she didn't really know they were autobiographical at all. And she oh. assumed because of the colors being so kind of technicolor and vibrant and intense, they were imagined. And she just thought they couldn't be real, some of the scenes, <laughs> because you've got like an emu on top of a piano coming oh out God. of it. Almost looks like it's walking out of a painting. <laughs> like, and it suddenly got me thinking about the way that you see things when you do take these pictures. Because I've seen you do it. You actually say, everyone stop. And you like, you <laughs> order everyone around and you're like, no one move. I've got to get this exact image. And it's always weird angles. But I love the idea that there's like a potential for imagination like these actually might not be autobiographical real scenes they're like these extraordinary scenes but you want them to be that as well you're not you're not painting these in the actual colors that we're all seeing yeah, as a photograph they are like fantastical yeah the flamboyant color, yeah i think it's my visual language the color selection and the color combination is something that became some sort of a language for me you know it's something that you know i paint this because i cannot describe it otherwise i i paint because this is what I am describing. And the way, the, the way for me to describe that moment is how I do it, you know? I'm reading a book, let's say a very dear book to me, it's called A Little Life. And that book gives language to my thoughts. Before reading that book, I did not have language to many thoughts, memories from my childhood. And, and I read it and I'm like, wow, it is taking the words from me. Like it's what, literally, can you remember anything off the top you know, of your head? You know, like I love that a father has to to a child and how from from a father perspective how how parents deal with fear and how how much i understand that i mean how, I, how parents deal with a child's fear no how parents deal with their fear of losing their child for example right right it's something very strong and then and then also how how parents may feel when very sadly sometimes that moment arrives and they lose their child you know and that moment arrives and in a way, in a little life, the way that Hanya and Aguiar describes it in such a beautiful way. You know, the parents, obviously it is with great sadness, but they don't fear anymore because it's done. there's the nothing to fear from. True. Yes, and it's so powerful. And so that is just one example of a, from oh, a little wow. life that, you know, mm. I can talk hours and, and hours. And for those who don't hours. know, A Little Life was turned into a play recently and they had it in the West End and it's written by Hanya, who is the editor as well of I would New, be New York for, Times style. Yeah. I love her. Yeah, I love her too. She, Amazing she novelist. Should, she should be on Talk Art. Um, but um, yeah, so Hanya, exactly. So a little, so, you know, just to go back. So, you know, me reading a book, sometimes gives language to my thoughts and me painting a painting in a specific way is also my language. You know, it is, look, I look at war, I look at artworks in a way as an extension of that person or a few people that did this artwork. 
sorry, that is just how I see. I look at something, I don't know the artist, I don't know them, but it, t it tells you a little bit about the person. It might mislead, I might think something that is wrong, but in a way, someone is doing something, it is an extension of themselves. And, mm. you know, this is, uh, this is one, that's what I'm saying, the work is intimate and private, and it is uh, like a diary, it's a part of me. Um, you know, we have, there's many works in, in, in this show, which also makes it quite, I mean, I am very, I'm happy that we did this show because it's also a good, it's a, it's a large body of work. I don't yeah. remember how many works we have, but I think at least 15 works are here. And, um, yeah, and you made more because you were here this summer in Tracy Emin's um, artist residency, not the school, but she has professional studios and she luckily had a spare studio and right. she let you spend a month very, and a half Very, very grateful there. for that. Exactly. And it was great, wasn't it? Because you were actually here and able to be, you were really productive when you were here. I thought you were going to come here and just like have a party summer, which is fine too, because that's part of being an artist and like living your life and getting, in London. getting experience. <laughs> making, they went to London the sets, and then you painted in Margate. I Literally, like... <laughs> like the scene of Irvin looking at the loop bottle happened in Broccoli and I painted it two days later in Margate, you know? So And we all went to Edinburgh to Jupiter Artland. Oh my God. And then you made paintings Edinburgh, responding that trip. to Jupiter. Exactly. I was the five weeks in Margate were, were very influential in that sense that A, I was very productive, and B, I you know, I encountered lovely people here that inspired my work. I, I encountered Margate, you know. The poster of this show is the street that I walked on every single day, at least twice, from the apartment to the studio or from the studio back to the apartment, you know? So we see the Lido sign and the, the mail, how do you call the it? Post box. The post box. Yeah, um, the red pillar box. Yeah. Exactly, which is so, to me, so iconic, you know, I'm not, I, I, I don't, but yeah, so for example, going to Jupiter Artland was also something that, uh, I'm happy and I'm grateful also, also that it happened. Uh, I'm, I'm grateful for Lindsay Mendick that invited me to, to participate in or to, to experience the weekend. And we stayed, we were very lucky to be able to stay in Bonington House, which is um, uh, an incredible, incredible, you know, place. It's, it's basically where, you know, the collection, Jupiter Artland, where, where it sits. Um, and in this house, it was like a, it was like a labyrinth of, it inspired, it, it reminded me of, of kids' board games and it reminded me of fairy tales and, and some, some non-existence world where you have taxidermied animals on a piano and you have <laughs> arches and you have the room. And spiral staircases that are like so a, beautiful. And, just, and a yeah. swimming pool that is in an artwork in its own. Oh my God, and I ended up in one of your paintings. Exactly. That's Finally. me and Joanna Vasconcelos. Exactly. Vasconcelos, yeah. Vasconcelos. Yeah. In, in this very swimming pool, exactly. I, I documented you, Robert, and Alex, and Alex, friend. Alexander yeah. the chef. Exactly, that invited me to join him on that trip. Uh, Alexander Chef is like Bob the Builder. He doesn't <laughs> <laughs> well, he's actually a master chef judge now in, oh, really? yeah, he in Bulgaria. He's oh, yeah. a bit of a superstar there. He, he Can I lovely. ask you a Tell me. personal question? Yes, I want to go back to may. a quote uh, that you've said that um, break my heart and you will not only appear in my work, you will most likely become a series. So when we spoke <laughs> in 22, there was a lot of works where you were working out emotional experiences for you and connections. Right. And... I'd like to know if this show now, if this is still a theme that you feel like there's, like you were talking about the guy with the lube and the self-portrait in 2020. Right. Are these experiences that for you are sex positive and great to be out there, but are they, is there sometimes pain in those if it was kind of unrequited love or the end of something or 
How do you feel about that, that quote now, two years on? It is uh, very relevant. Still, okay. <laughs> more than ever. <laughs> well, not, not more than ever, but it's definitely... Look, it's not necessarily pain, but it is... Okay, so there are a few paintings in this show that sh portray another lover of mine that is in Berlin. And we have a lovely friendship with each other. We met in March last year over Grinder. I went to his house and we bonded very, very quickly. And ever since we are, we are close in that sense that we see each other occasionally. And that would be maybe once in two weeks or once a week. And we share, we spend a night together and yeah, we have sex. We also went to Italy in the summer together. And some of my friends are like, why don't, like, don't you want to make it like you've been seeing Aaron now for what, March? Now it's uh, November. So uh, over half a year. Don't you want to like, I don't know, make so what's the deal? What, what's the deal? Yeah, like, yeah. where is it going? And in a way, one part of me, I think, at least that's how I think. I tell myself, I do wish to, so to say, settle and have another entity as a single person with whom I perhaps plan my future or, you know, do stuff like that, that society tells us that this is how we should live our life. But this is, so I tell myself, I will feel like that towards a person if I feel that that person is also receptive to this. And also if the person is some, someone that I see myself with, you know, doing other things apart from seeing each other once in two weeks and, you know, maybe having sex and watching a film. And I think about it, you know, I think about it because both Erin and I, we both, we love, we, there's love, there's, there's, there's care and there's great friendship between us. And I think for both of us, it's, it is okay where we are, where we're at right now. It is, that's what we want. We want to see each other once in two weeks. He and then we don't see each other. He goes on and does whatever he, you know, he, his business, my business. Mm. And in a way, like sometimes I leave and I'm like, oh, I wish I'd be able to see him again tomorrow. Or I wish he would want to spend more time with me. And maybe in such days, I'll be in the studio working and painting a painting of Eren. But in a way... So what does a painting do for you then? If, if that's how you're feeling this sort of like a ache, a love ache or a lust ache, what does painting it, recording it do for you? I think it is a way to cope with that. I don't want to say... Yeah, you can say therapy, but basically I react to how I feel. You know, um, if I if I miss someone or if, if I am, if I am mad at someone, yes, I can call them and tell them that I am mad at the, that I am mad at them or I can text them, yo, I'm pretty mad because ABC, uh, which I might as well do. Another way for me to deal with that is download this, you know, work with this, we'll work with my hands this year around April. I was under a little bit of like professional stress because I, we were, you know, gearing up for this show. And I was, you know, I wanted to focus a lot to, to focus only on this show, which eventually I did, but it was, it required for me to also prioritize this show over other things. And, and I, I wanted to do that and I did eventually, but by prioritizing me working on this show, I needed to cut time with, uh, let's say, this friend or that. Not cut, but say like, 
I'm less available for that right now. And it was, it made me sad, you know, and I was in a few days of not a limbo, but I was in a, in a place where I know that I need to communicate now to a few people that I won't be able to go next week to this weekend, you know, because I, I choose to prioritize uh, working in the studio and what I, and in these days when I was quite sad, I, I was visually imagining support and support in that sense that a friend is coming and hugging you and you put, you put your head on their shoulder and mm -hmm. you tell them, Oh my God, I feel so, so I feel so um, sad. Or I, and then your friend tells you it's going to be all right. Or, you know, so I, I felt this feeling and then I painted a painting that, in my head very much described the situation and that painting it is not the, sh the painting is not in the show but it was shown at the armory art fair uh, a few months ago also so this was an imagined one well i remembered i visually remembered that a scene that very much described how i felt and that scene was someone who was about to jump in in amalfi coast we were in italy with my friend and he was about to jump from this cliff I don't know, three, four meters to the sea. And he was, he was afraid he didn't do it. He was very much indecisive. He stand there for like, he stood there for like 15 minutes. And then his friend or partner, or I don't even know what, he came to him and he grabbed him and he, he told him, it's going to be all right. Look, she's jumping. He's jumping. You can jump. You can jump. And it was also very sweet because as he was, you know, motivating his friend, he was also like scrubbing his, his foot on his, on, on his leg. And it's also a very like, just a, a, a usual and uneventful moment. So that, that moment, I also have it on camera. So I painted that and it was very much me painting that was very much helpful for me to deal with needing support. That painting, it's a small painting that show, it was shown in Armory and um, a lovely guy named Billy bought it and now it's in Chelsea. Oh, I love that painting. Yeah, it's uh, it's a really tiny one, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, men men in the Mossy Coast. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the one. You see them from the back, and uh, yeah, maybe as we talk about this, we can also share that that image yeah, on yeah. one of our. Yeah. I was talking to Russell last night about how when you see your work on Instagram or on the internet, like on our website or different places, um, I would I think if I'd seen them and didn't know your work in person, I would assume they're acrylic. But I think there's something about the fact you use oil paint, which subconsciously gives the viewer something because there's a real life to oil paint and there's something really special about mm. the textures. And particularly more recently, you've been painting like um, bodies of water, whether it be like a paddling pool in a house um, or like a jacuzzi or um, like a lake or a, a sea or, you know, different, different kind of bodies of water. And there's something that I began to notice because of the oil paint, you get a real soulful kind of spiritual element to the water mm. that you wouldn't, I don't think you'd get an acrylic paint in the same way. There's something, there's like a richness, a texture to the oil. Do, do, do you like working with oil for the kind of result it gives you, or is it more just a technical thing? Like you enjoy painting with it more? I, th I think it's both like technical and also just, I don't know how to work with acrylic. I never did. That is, I mean, oil paint is just the medium that I started working with and I feel very comfortable with, with right now and working with oils. Also, you have, you have techniques you can work. You can paint a layer, wait until it dries and then continue. And you could also work what is How called... How long does it take to dry? It's quite quick. It, it, it takes quite, you know, quite quickly, I would say. It depends also on the mediums you're using. I'm not using a lot of mediums. I basically use linseed oil, and then the pigment or the actual oil, and that takes maybe a few days. But what I would, what I will say is that, as opposed to working wet on dry, I like to work wet on wet. So, which also 
explains why I am able to produce a work in a relatively short period of time. Uh, I like to paint a layer, and if I know that another layer of paint is going to go over it, such as water on sand or like shallow water or reflection of a body in 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 a lake as we see in in one of the paintings here in the show uh i enjoy that as i as i'm using a brush it it not not only leaves a mark but it changes what i did right before an hour before and i take this under consideration and that just you know The result of it is you see it in my work. And it is also something relatively new. You know, I, I started painting relatively recently when it was uh, January 2021. Until then, I was doing drawings. I was using dry pastels on paper. And so I still look at my work as something that is evolving. I don't want to say like from one painting to another. But if I take, you know, a chunk of time, let's say half a year, and then I compare it with another half a year, I do see minor minor changes but something I, that... i think they're becoming more painterly actually and even though they're quite thin layers of paint it's not like it's super heavy thick impasto like like painting it's like it, it is kind of very flat in a way but there's something really generous about these kind of like all the pebbles there the rocks like you really feel the brush marks and i think that's coming through more and more yeah I really like it there is a painting in the show uh, it's called aaron about to jump yes i uh, love that painting and This show also shows a lot of, you know, green, so to say, like scenery behind it. And that is also quite, uh, I would say, like multi-layered with, you know, multiple colors. And well, I think the textures and the trees we're looking at and the bushes and the greenery, the foliage is, is for me, a recent kind of development yeah. for you. It used to be very much primary colored, bold. The tree was an, an object or almost architecturally done but now we have these architectural sort of mark making but then you have these really textured moments right and i think moving forward with you know using like block colors quite flat you know pink and then next to the pink you have yellow i am also reacting to influences around me one of them in recent years or i would say like i don't know a year two years ago is a, a painter an artist called patrick angus that died in i think 1991 which is the year i was born in he died from aids and how do you say in english when someone dies in fame he he was not famous when he died so so posthumously he's become famous exactly his his work His incredible volume of work. I think that's also it, that unlucky generation. I think there's a generation of queer artists that at that time... So many. They were just sort of... It was othered queer art. And now we're at a time mm. where people are filling in the gaps because there's so many contemporary queer artists that are changing the game commercially. Well, in, I see that show in New York we saw, the Louis Rutino show. There's a painting in that which I thought was inspired by Patrick Angus. Yeah. That, you know, it's interesting that people are beginning to look at him. But these gay artists, queer artists, are looking back at those artists and a lot of people are now going... Well, what are your references? And yeah. it's like, well, I was looking at these people. When you look at Tom of Finland, for example, the way that that's now become so important, it was always important to us. It was always important yeah, to many people. Or, right. Like an art history and being taken seriously yes. as a subject. Well, But you're actually going to do a show, aren't you? With well, him. Exactly. So Patrick Angus's work is still very much influencing me. So for example, water, plants, you know, it's something that I look at Patrick's work and I am, you know, very mesmerized by. It. And I'm also very, very, Uh, glad that I am able to have a two-person show, Patrick Angus and I, next year in April wow. in a gallery called uh, 
Galerie Thomas Fuchs in Stuttgart in Germany. So cool. Yes, I'm very excited about this. Do you get to How select the well. Patrick Angus works? Exactly. So I, I, I'm, once again, it's a, it's a great honor for me to be able also to choose because the gallery has the estate or the, the, they are, they have the foundation of the works, wow. and so they have the, the, the body of work of wow. Patrick Angus and Patrick, among other scenes, painted you know, gay culture, gay life in New York in, in the 80s. But also he painted his parents, his friends, his, the, the mailmen, trees next to his house, houses, something that I so authentically relate to. Relate to. I'm like, wow, why? His most famous works are the Gaiety Theatre, which used to be in Times Square, which was like a, a gay porno film house exactly. but also where Dark you'd have room. like dancers there and he's, he's recorded this so it, in itself that doesn't exist anymore that's a historical document the paintings are his life is but what he's actually showing us you know what you're showing us are historical documents this is an authentic life being lived and this is your reality right and exactly which also makes me think about you know i think that a work of art i mean a work it never really changes once once an artist decides okay this is done i finished this will stay like this for as long as this exists what does change is the times we live in the people that see it rules culture language you know i mean god forbid many of the paintings that i'm showing may you know in 50 years or 100 years or who knows will like be illegal for example you know thing like god forbid but who knows you know what yes, i mean exactly. it's um as you're saying it's like a it's like a stamp it's a it's a historical uh, uh proof there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care plush care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe fda approved weight loss medications like wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify take charge of your health and speak with a board certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss that's plushcare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss hold up what was that Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. You know? It's I really like, like the paintings of your friends. Like you've got Lydia Pettit, the artist. Right. There's a portrait of her in here. You've recently painted Tracy Emin. You've painted Russell Tovey. Yeah. You, you sort of, they're very and tender. And Robert Diamond. Oh, and me, yeah, Robert Diamond. Thank you. Before. Sorry, I forgot myself. <laughs> Rob, Rob, sure. Yeah, I forgot. Um, sure, anyway, But I like these very tender. I think they're very tender. Yeah. But they're very sort of like loving. They're simple. I look yeah. at them in simple and just, uh, you know, honest. Lydia gave me a lesson of how to use mediums. You know, Lydia. What is medium then? So well, me- that's a painting class, that. Exactly. That that's literally Lydia Lydia uh I I literally had art class that is what may take two hours I had it in three minutes in her studio in London and mediums are just different I would call them liquids that you can apply in your work and that varnish that you can apply after the work is done and that kind of like makes a cohesive you know look to your to your painting there is something that you can mix to your oil that makes it it uh, accelerates the drying process. There's many of them. 
that I knew, I knew nothing about. What and does turpentine do? So turpentine, <laughs> okay, you put me on the spot. <laughs> turpentine, <laughs> as far as I know, it cleans. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I can use, like, I can use... It's a thin, it's thinning, is it, as well? Exactly. It's a thinner, so you can apply it to also, like, make your paint more transparent and thinner in that sense and more, you know, like... Um, less solid and more i would say like flexible but you could also use it to clean your brushes which is uh, also very very helpful but yeah i'm saying like you know that was just a very simple moment lydia and her in her studio yeah just giving me a lesson it was something it was it was also very very sweet uh, she must feel very proud that she's made a never made I a hope. painting you need to ask her but yeah i hope um and then there was also a very sweet moment where we were very lucky to get a tour in tracy emin's studio to see her lovely but incredible body of work uh oh yeah that's now on display at white cube but, in new york yeah. exactly and then it was you russell just standing there pretty much admiring the small you know the the, the series of small works we can post that actually tracy. those little works she kept Really? Yeah, she actually kept those for her museum. Smart. Yeah, so oh, really? those ones, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, I, I read that, I've just been reading now about turpentine, but it also speeds up the drying time because it dilutes the paint and right. evaporates off it, off of it. Right. So that's good for you because... Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, the thing is that turpentine is not so healthy and I'm a hypochondriac. Oh, really? So, ah. yeah. Can we talk about self-portraits with you? Because... I said to you a few yeah. months ago, I was like, why do you not paint yourself? Often? We were literally I, I love... swimming in the pool. Oh, were we? Oh, and yes. you were like, give me your phone. I'll take a picture of you. And I was like, no. And you were like, yes, you need to paint yourself. And I was like, no. I am so not interested in that. And then you were like, yes, but collectors are. I didn't say collectors are. What <laughs> I said, did. no, I didn't. What I said was this, as a Maybe viewer, no, 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 I said, I am, because I'm really interested in self-portraiture. Right. And I said that, that as, a, as a fan of your work, I am interested in you because it's all your perspective anyway. Right. And then you were like, but why would anyone want to see me? And I was like, no, we would want to see you. Right. I didn't say, it wasn't about monetary uh, cool. concerns. Which, look, anyway, whatever you said there in the pool mm. made sense to me. But you were saying no to me. And then like two weeks I later, didn't say no. First of two all, weeks later. <laughs> no. This is really interesting seeing the dealer and the artist have this conversation. <laughs> what is this dynamic like? Because we, we met through the podcast oh, and yeah. now your, your yeah, now friend like has become your dealer. What is this relationship like, Rob? Not, Yesterday I mean, we were about to take a picture and I was telling him, put, put your hand on my... And he was like, no, I cannot put my hand on your stomach because I'm your fucking dealer. Like, What's it like being Navos dealer, Oh yeah, Rob? last night you tried to hug me in a particular way for a photo. And I was like, you can't do that. Like, it's not happening. I'm your dealer. This is inappropriate <laughs> yes, now. Which also much. very much reminds me of David Hockney and his relationship with his dealers. There's one dealer, I forgot the name, but it's a beautiful painting where his dealer for many, many years told him, paint me, paint me, paint me, paint me, paint me. <laughs> And then Hockney finally painted him and he painted him. He, both his arms are like sticking on the window and it's like, paint me. And it's a beautiful, yeah. <laughs> What's it like being Navot's dealer, Rob? Wow. Okay. Navot is very, um, he has a very clear vision and he doesn't stop until he gets exactly what he wants realized. And he's very persistent which I think is going to mean he'll be incredibly successful because he's got an ambition, but it's not an obnoxious ambition. It's actually like, it's for the work. Like, and he doesn't want to just settle for like, you know, which is fine. Some people can just make small paintings and that is, they're going to be incredible career. But with Navot, he's got bigger ideas. He wants to make public sculpture. He wants to like expand the vision constantly. Because like scratching the surface. I, I think this is literally yeah. just the beginning. It's almost like there's a lid on the world or something and he wants to push and explode that just lid off and just break the glass ceiling. Off. Exactly. Let's see. Ceiling, let's yeah. see. How let's do you see. feel hearing that? 
uh, I'm touched and I'm also, uh, I understand that this is what you see in me. I hope that, you know, by being assertive, I hope that my, the execution of this is not harming anyone. I don't no, want, no, not I don't want, I don't mean it. I don't mean negatively. I just mean that you have a passion that's irrepressible. It's like, you can't help it. Like, and that's why you're going to be a big artist, I right, think, right. because you just live it and love it. And you want more for your work all the time. But, and I think that's really positive. It's a great quality to have. Cool. I, and I, you want to learn all the time and you listen. Carl's told you many things and you've, you've listened to it, taken it on board, thought about it like quietly and actually acted on it. Yeah. You know, I feel like you're always trying to learn basically. Yeah, I'm That's receptive. What it is. It's a thirst I, for I, learning. I, I, yeah. I wish for myself always to, to be receptive and to also just hear and take in feedback, but just maybe to add to this, I, I feel like, uh, it's also important for me that the people I work with feel comfortable and, you know, feel respected. Uh, and I am trying to do that. And I hope that the execution is, uh, you know, accordingly. It matters. I think the show we've just put on is extraordinary. And it's like, I said last night, I, I used the word solid, which sounds a bit annoying, but I mean more like it's a really impressive body of work and it feels really meaningful. It's confident and rigid and it knows what it is. Yeah. It's yeah. like, it's a, it's a statement, this show. And it's actually a bolder statement that I, th than I thought we were going to have, if you see what I mean. Like, I think the whole combination of when you walk into that pink waiting room right. and then the arches and then you walk in, it's just a very clear um, realization of an idea. I feel like this show has a few, so to say, trailers or spoiler alert to other things that I'm interested in, in, in the future of my practice. We were, we were talking about, you know, public artwork or sculpture, you know, so there are two, there's an object that I am just obsessed, obsessed with. And that relates to my childhood. And that object is a tractor, specifically a John Deere tractor. Which you're and wearing then, the hat of right now. Right. You've got a pink hat with a John Deere logo right. on. They should sponsor you. <laughs> it's merch. Yeah. And so I would also love to work with an actual John Deere tractor painted pink and, you know, work, work with it. That's one that, that, for example, there's a small painting of a pink uh, tractor and also just the art, the aspect of architecture or a room or, or an interior design of using color is, is something that, for example, like I take under consideration, James Thorell is, you know, highly inspirational for me. And this is also something that I would, he's a light and space artist. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to also, you know, continue to work in this direction of taking a room and not necessarily put a, my painting there, but use this room to, you know, paint it in a, in a specific way. Another thing about this show that, uh, makes me feel in peace about it. You know, someone asked me yesterday, are you happy? I don't know if happy, I don't know if happy is the right word for this, but I am feeling satisfaction, I would say, or, uh, in peace. I feel in peace that we did this and it's out there now also for two months, which I'm very happy about. But for example, there is the largest work so far, the largest painting I did so far, which is a Tripticon. It has three panels, three canvas panels that together it, it is two meters tall by five meters, I think, which is, uh, to me, um, you know, a, a moment in like, okay, it's something that I desired for a long time. And I was very, very glad that I was able to make it also here in the studio in, in Tracy's studio in, in, in August. And that, that painting is also, it, it revisits it's funny. It's a triptych on it. it. It also, it collects itself three different moments or three different places. It is 
the Amalfi Coast in Italy, which is the right part of the painting. The middle canvas is Cipolite, a very, very meaningful beach in Mexico that I like. I, I keep returning to because it's just beautiful what I experienced there. And the left part of the painting is a swimming pool in New York in the Hamptons. Uh, and there's a lot of people in this painting that are just, you know, a part of these places, Neil and Ross Hamptons. I have my friend Chris in Cipolite. Then I have Gerardo in the Amalfikos and they live all together in this They large... exist in the same scene yeah. with so different cool, three separate, yeah. and separate I'm, events. It's yeah, beautiful. I'm, I'm happy about it, yeah. I, I hope people will like it or I hope people will, will oh, see. Oh, they are, they are. So the, the show title is called The Good Years. Right. Is this The Good Years? Right. So wasn't that also a reference to Hanya's book? 100%, 100%. So again, I was indecisive regarding a title for the show and we were thinking about it for quite some time. So A Little Life as a book is just like an encyclopedia for me. You know, I keep returning to reading parts of it. And there is a, a chapter of the book. It's called The Happy Years. Not The Good Years. It's called The Happy Years. And The Happy Years is, once again, I don't know. I, I, the word happy, it's, uh, I don't know. For me, I'm not necessarily feeling happy. I'm not necessarily looking at happy as something positive. I think happy moments come and they appear momentarily. And then you go back to other moments. But anyway taking this uh, chapter under consideration i was thinking about you know not necessarily good times of woo we're having a good times but something positive which i also think relate to my work you know i might show a sad moment but at the end you know i sh i choose to celebrate that and i choose to embrace that sad moment so at the end i look at my work as quite of a positive thing and i think the good years they they hint towards a, a positive collection of of time, of, of moments, of, 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 you know, significant people in my life. So as a collection, as a body of work, it is definitely something good, something positive. And therefore it seemed appropriate, appropriate for me to, to title this. Uh, you know, I want to just go back to a quote then that I have from the earlier notes here is that you said you was, and am inspired by sadness. Right. Right. I think, it's you like these fleeting, you're just talking about describing fleeting moments of happiness, but it's actually the sadness that inspires you into these paintings rather than a happy moment. Yes, I'd rather, you know, I wish I was able to cry more than what I cry. Like, I mean, I feel like there are so many moments in my life that I would just like to like have tears in my eyes, but it, it doesn't happen as often. Not because I like to cry, but just because I think it is. Crying is an activity to the body. It is very, very liberating. It's rejuvenating. It's liberating. It releases a lot of stress. It's a like, message. Yes, it? absolutely. Like the, the, the action of crying, what it does to us and like the body, the psych, it is something very positive. You release, you know, you, you, you engage, you react to feelings. Mm. It is so important. We live in, we live in a world that is in a way very often dishonest and you know, also like looking down at people that share their vulnerability with others. And of course, I, 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 if I am sad, I let it be. I let, I let it be. Of course, I can be disappointed and, and heartbroken. And that's life. Not everyone gets to experience a broken heart. You know what I mean? Do you not, think there's a privilege to that? Then? Not everyone gets to fall in love. I mean, come on. Yeah. I, you know, it's so... There is a privilege people, to having a broken course, heart in a weird way because you had that. Of people are lonely and people are, I look at it like having a broken heart is like, it means that 
it works. I have a heart. It was mm. in love with someone. Like it's very, very powerful to me. It sounds a little bit like cheesy and like candy, but it, it may be just like a theory and putting it in practice may, may not seem like what I'm talking, what I'm saying right now, but this is how I look at it. You know what I mean? If you're sad, let it be, be sad. It's okay. Cry, embrace it. Life. Yeah, like being sensitive is actually a positive. Of course, and we move heartbreak. on. Heartbreak. I like the way you said about heartbreak because I think that me and Rob relate to that, especially because of Tracy Emin, because you know, predominantly her work is about loneliness, loss of love, heartbreak, but it's also historical heartbreak. And but these also moments. like a belief in like romance and the romantic potential. Not of shutting love yourself off as and much as you get the, hurt. The, the the way that love doesn't die either. Because her new show, I love all that kind of idea of. And that's what you have. You, you, you know, we're seeing a lot of broken hearts potentially on canvas, but yet you have a, a hugely open heart. I feel exactly the same. Whatever I've been through is like my heart is still open. I'm still ready for this. I'm still aware of this. I'm not shutting myself off. And I feel like with you, these works are a beacon of hope or a beacon of potential of love again. I'm glad you see this. Uh, I think exactly as, as you were saying, you know, you can be heartbroken, but that doesn't mean that, you know, there's something very powerful about us human beings, how we adapt and cope. It's, it's beautiful, but it's also sad, you know. I cannot imagine what it feels like to parents, what it's like to lose a child. But, it, you know, a second is passing and then another second and we're still here. And the reality is just that we are here. So we find ways to cope, which is in my theory, one of the reasons why we as the humankind are so dominant because we adapt and we cope. And it's sad to see that, that people, you know, there's so many syndromes of a person that is being kidnapped by someone and they fall. I don't know. It's, it's, it's Stockholm syndrome. Stockholm. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Stock- that. You fall in love with your yeah. Yeah. yeah, stuff like that. It's very sad in a way, but it's also very powerful. Like it makes us who we are. We cope with things and we should also remember that, you know, in, in, in the deepest, you know, the most, uh, terrible moments, terrible times that in a way I can relate to right now, but you know, we don't need to go into this, but you know, in such times you also need, you should, one should remember lights and you know, one should remember that at the very end, usually things are getting better. We know it historically world war, another war, another war. That's at least how I would like to see the world. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, there's a hope thing. Exactly. Yeah. And I hope we can live in peace, I guess. Yeah, I, exactly. And it's also, I think you know, maybe to go back to, to the work or like my work, I choose to, well, I don't choose, but it, in a way it comes quite authentically and genuine for me to, uh, it's my language. So it's quite, uh, you said hope. Yeah, it's ho- yeah, maybe it's hopeful, but it's in a way also positive despite being, you know, despite portraying a sad moment or a heartache. It's quite hard to be sad standing in front of your work. <laughs> but also maybe they are real though, because they're an extension of you. So that's how, it, it's how you feel. Right. So that is how you see the world right. in those colors. Do you know what I mean? Yes. I, I, think, I think I know what you mean. It's also something that I wish for myself. I wish to see a world like that, a world that has a pink house on a lake. You know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah. It's, it's also quite... I'm uh, sure one day you will create that. I, I, really I really hope. <laughs> well, let's talk about travel. Because yeah. that's a huge, huge inspiration for you. We were just talking about that triptych that has three different areas of the world all brought together in one scene. Right. Where is there left in the world for you to go? You're about go? to go off, aren't you? Right, 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 right. Yeah. So 
I've never been to South America and I'm about to go on a two month, two month and a half. I'm about to go to Brazil, Uruguay and Argentina. On your own? The first month I'm going on my own and the second month my best friend from Berlin, Nadav, that's his name, he's joining me. So the first month I'm alone, I land in Sao Paulo, my friend Maya, she's there. She's also an artist and I'm going to be spending time with her, with her friends. Then it is also important for me to be or at least I like to be near a water source, lake, well, surprise, surprise. And, and Wi-Fi for grinder. <laughs> and, wi- and Wi-Fi for dicks. Yeah, always, yeah. Is that uh, more important than the water, do you think? Or? It, it, it comes, it's in the same package. <laughs> water, dicks, yeah, got it, yeah. Um, so uh, we will also travel, you know, from Sao Paulo to, to Rio, and then we're planning to go to Uruguay. And I, I am pretty sure... At least I hope that that will also develop, you know, it will inspire, it will inspire me. I will meet people and I hope for this to also um, influence my work. I also am still very much interested in painting larger works. I just, um, a month ago during Freeze in London, I went to see uh, Nicole Eisenman show in Whitechapel. Some of her paintings there are just uh, what, I mean, incredible size-wise subject matter and I wish for myself to be able to do to work like that right now I have this like size limitation because of my studio in Berlin but I hope to change that fairly quickly and you know I also react to feedback of like my professional environment such as my dealer Robert and and Carl and people just that react to my personality saying like you belong actually also there, which is not where like physically, like if I'm in Berlin, I'm like, there's a lot of, not a lot, but there's a little bit of feedback of like, why don't you uh, spend more time in New York? uh, Or why don't you have a bigger studio? That such moments, usually when I look back at such moments, I'm like, they were pivotal. They were good pieces of advice, you know? So I, I, I am very receptive to such such feedback but maybe to go back to travel yes of course uh, this show also shows you know a few a few places that i visited in the last year um, what's been the most inspirational i think you know it's quite close to us italy i was in italy uh, i spent a week in, with aaron in lake como and so for example the swimmer which is aaron about to jump <laughs> is in the lake and we've been we had a we rented a car and we we drove we were there for six days and we drove around. Lake Como is also quite large. So we, every two nights we spent in a different hotel or an Airbnb. So we've seen a lot of places in Lake Como. It's, it was not my first time I like to go back to. I like the, Lake Como could also, you know, is also associated with, you know, the glitz and the glam and Bellagio and ta-da-da. I am slightly more interested in the less developed, less known parts of Lake Como, the more, once again, authentic the harbor that is not being used right now as a harbor, but it's a it's a location where local to come for youth to go and swim, and so Lake Como is such as other places in the world. I keep returning. I keep and you returning. also renamed it Lake uh, Homo. Right. <laughs> Lake Homo is exactly or Lago di Homo. Lago di Homo, which is uh, the title of the mural that I did in uh, the cafeteria in Co Berlin. It's a uh, Museum Can we talk about that mural? Because murals is a big part of your right, work murals. now. And that mural was an epic mural. It's huge. Yes, thank you. Uh, another thing that I was uh, happy to achieve 
this year, uh, I did two murals, my two first murals. One was a mural that I was invited to entirely paint the exterior of a high school building in northern Israel. Uh, that was in June, which is uh, something that I'm very, I'm, I'm glad that I did that and I had a lovely... Is it still there? It's still there. It's the, it should be there for the next five years. And also, wasn't there a young girl who died? And right. Like and some, you dedicated it to of her? Of course, of course. Yeah. And I was not aware of that. But as I landed there, I heard... So I did I did this uh, this mural work in a, in a Druze village. Druze is a stream of Islam. And there is a relatively large population of Druze in many places in the world. There's a Druze in Canada, Druze in Turkey, Druze in Syria, Druze in Israel. And so that village... Uh, where I did the mural is a Druze village. Um, Sorry, what is a Druze? Druze is, to be honest, I don't know exactly like what it is, but it is a religion. It's an Islamic religion. Ah. It's a religion that is associated with Islam. So, you know, you have Christian, you have Jewish, you have uh, Islam, and then Druze. They have also a beautiful flag, that flag that very much reminds me. Can you maybe pull up the flag? Druze flag, D-R-U-Z-E. Flag. It's very much reminding me of the, so to say, rainbow flag. But anyway, as I landed in Israel, I've been told that there is a girl from a nearby village, another Druze village, that uh, she was very sadly and tragically murdered. I want to say allegedly murdered by her brother that was very mad at her and her sexual orientation. She was 18 years old. She was, uh, she was gay. And she was murdered by her her brother that it is, you know, I have no words to say, to describe how fucked up and insane and so stupid and evil and upsetting. And of course, as I heard that, it was, it didn't, you know, it, I didn't question it twice that this work is going to be dedicated to, her name was Sarit Ahmad Shakur, I think, I believe. Uh, it also made made national news in Israel because it was very, very, very upset. Well, it made international news. It was yeah. it was here as well. We yeah. we heard about it. Exactly. So I was very obviously upset and saddened by this story, and it was obvious for me that this work is going to be dedicated to her. Does it feel important to you then to have overtly queer imagery out there? Hearing examples of this. What you've just said i use it as an opportunity to you know to also show that there is nothing absolutely nothing wrong about being who i am you know there's nothing wrong about it it's uh it's an educational opportunity also you know for people to see it and like it and react to it not necessarily you know in a negative way you know, people try. People also try to censor that. People try to say, "Oh, maybe use this color and not this color," and that's obviously very stupid. People see what they want to see. You know what I mean? Yep. People see what they want to see. People hear what they want to hear. Not oh, not not every person, obviously, but some people are like that. I remember it reminds me of a story when I had a group show here that I I curated. Tell me. Uh, and there and was then a I'll painting. About the there was mural. lots of lots of works in it. My parents came and there was a painting by two paints by Daron Langberg and yeah. there was one that was very abstracted version of something intimate. And I, my mum and dad were walking around and then suddenly I said to my dad, I said, "What's your favourite painting, Dad?" And he went, "That one. I like that one." I went, "Why do you like that?" He said, "I like all the colours in that." I said, "Do you know what it is?" He's like, "No." I said, "It's anal sex, Dad." And he went, "Um." Oh, maybe that's not my favorite. This one, <laughs> but he, he had just taken it of the, the image and what it was. And it was like, he didn't 
see what it was, but he would just loved that there was this energy in there of intimacy, of like the colours and everything. And I found that really incredibly fascinating. Loads of people thought it was a rainbow. Yeah. yeah it's powerful. <laughs> yeah, and I think I people think might feel the same with yours, is that they would go like, I really like that. And unbeknownst to them, it's this Trojan horse. Exactly. In the way that Hockney did it, in the way yeah. that Keith Haring did it, in the way that Debbie Wanyarovich did it. These images go into the world. People take them as they see them, unbeknownst to them, they're seeing something very political or they're seeing something very, you know, like... It's the power of it. An existence that of isn't... Course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's transformative. It's the power of it. It's also very settled. It's nothing, it's nothing like, you know, boom in your face. It is something just quite peaceful. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. We have many ways to show our opinion about things and our, how we live our life. And I think that some ways are better than others. That's... That's just how I see it, how how I look at it. You know, if I want to protest something, I think painting it is quite beautiful and smart and transformative over shouting this at someone walking in front of me, you know, X, Y, Z. I don't know if that's clear, but totally. anyway. But maybe, yeah, so that was the mural that I did in Israel uh, in the school. And then more or less at the same time, I was invited to paint the cafeteria of CO, which is like care of Berlin. It's a, it's a museum for photography in Berlin. And as a part of their program, the museum invites once a year, invites an artist that is usually not a photographer or their medium is not photography to do a, an artistic intervention in the cafeteria of the, that is at the entrance of the museum. And the cafeteria is quite like a narrow, long wall and the work stays there for one year. So. I returned from Israel and quite quick. Actually, I did it exact the same day I came back from my the residency in Margate. I had five days to paint a twelve meter long wall in the cafeteria on your own. Or did you well, I had two. I had two lovely, lovely assistants, and uh, it was actually the first. So five days. First day was sketching. I sketched it in one day, a twelve wow. meter long wall. Uh, I mean, I planned it. I had a preliminary plan of what I'm going to paint. And that was... That's how you, what you sketch before exactly. all your works anyway, right? Yeah. yeah. So it takes us back to Lake Como, which, you know, I, I painted basically a 12 meter long Lake Como. I titled the work Lago di Homo. Surprise, surprise. And so we painted in the next four days. And uh, yeah, it's, it's there now in the cafeteria of CO. So for anyone visiting Berlin, they can see that because it's free. You can get in there and it's there till September, 2024. Correct. Brilliant. Exactly. Uh, and I also just like that it's there and people dine there. People have business meetings. Yeah, there. Again, it's inclusive and yeah, art for everyone. Well, we love that. We're going to get onto our final I just want one questions. final question before we get to our final yes, questions. Yes, yes, when yes. it comes to your subjects, so like Erin, your lover and the guy at self-portrait having sex and all these things, do you have to ask consent or do you make the work and are these people aware that they're in a painting? How does that, how, what's that process like when these people are in your life and then they may end up in work? Right, right. So the consent is always, I, I, I always uh, ask for the consent when I take the picture, you know, when I photograph someone. But then like painting it is something that I might or might not do. You know what I mean? I'm not saying like, hey, I'm going to take a picture of you and, and can I paint it next week? Because I don't, I don't know if I will paint it. But uh, taking the pictures or documenting is when the consent needs to be asked. But, you know, because let's say I spend more time with, with an individual 
that individual may also get used to like me taking pictures of them and they are clearly fine with that. If, if they're not fine with that, they wouldn't appear in my work. You know what I mean? Have you ever had a bad reaction where you, someone, you made a painting of someone? <laughs> you're like, burn it, no, burn it. No, I, I haven't. I haven't. Uh, I hope that people are okay with that. I, it's more challenging for us to come and tell someone, hey, we don't like this or don't do this. I hear most of the positive feedback. I hope that the negative feedback will also be communicated to me if it exists. But to be honest, most of the people in your portraits come to your exhibitions. <laughs> like last <laughs> night, there were loads of the people here yeah. that were in the painting, so I don't I think anyone's got a problem with it. And yeah. also, everybody knows that you make these paintings, so it's, I think right. it's fine. Right, right, I think, yeah, um, the more I do them. So more. we're going to get on to our final questions. We ask yeah. every guest, as you well know, because you've done it once before, right. um, if you could do an imaginary art heist, what artwork would you take home? And it has to be something different from last time. Cool. It will be... Amy Sherald's painting of a John Deere tractor that show, she showed it in her last show in Hauser and Worth. Worth in London a yeah. year ago. It is the most incredible John Deere tractor, massive, beautifully painted of a farmer with this John Deere. And it is ever inspiring to me. What color was it? The tractor was green, iconically, oh, green. Okay. iconically yes, yes, green yes, for a John Deere. Blue uh, background, and there was a farmer so beautifully, like spending time on his or like posing with his tractor. Yeah, he yeah. had like wheat in his mouth. Ah, this painting is something different. Where does that exist with you on your phone or printed out on your studio Man, I saw wall? It in London, didn't you? I, I saw it. I bought. I bought the book. I have the book of the from the show. I look at it very, very frequently. The book is in the studio. I don't know the title of it, but man, that painting is just... Uh... Amy Sherald is such an amazing human being and such an amazing artist. She's we interviewed her on talk. Yeah, exactly. You hear Go it? back and her listen work. to Amy's episode. Yeah. Check it. Oh, you did hear it. No, yeah, because God, I love her. So you, you, you can also tell her that that John Deere uh, painting, needless to say, with my background is extremely touching to me. And if beautiful. you could, would you drive a tractor like a car around... What I would do is I would use a tractor to harvest something because I can. I know how to do it. I did it Harvest in my... Dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But just to, you know, if I was, if I can drive a tractor, first of all, I would like to make this tractor as beautiful as I can, which to me is pink, different tones of pink. Uh, and I would also like to use it, you know, accordingly, I would like to use that opportunity to literally like harvest a, a wheat field or you have so you have, it's an incredible world the the tractors the gear what 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 these machines can do for grapes for God, all, you're a geek for tractors olive groves yeah these machines are so smart also they're incredible they have a how do you call it a, uh, they can drive by themselves like you know, they have like a Tesla they have their thingy. Own autonom autonomy, yeah, yeah, they have air conditioning. Ah, oh, it's incredible. Tractor I mean, Geek, yeah. the exhibition. Yeah, it's your next show. Let's see. Um, let's see. What is your favorite color? My favorite color. Have quite a few. They you know they change, but if it was if it was one, pink, boring, pink. Like the pink tractor. Yeah, like the pink tractor. Like what <laughs> is the best advice you have ever received when it comes to your art? It's the best advice that I received with or without my art is gut feeling listen to your gut feeling listen to what your body tells you and that is just proving itself every single time you know 
what you and gut feeling may take a second to appear but listen to your body you, i know myself the best excuse me my mother knows me well my father as well but navot i know my excuse me like i uh, this is me you know what i mean like so i think about something it's very i also don't like to be in a limbo so i will i'm quite of um i like to resolve things especially like personal conflicts or like internal conflicts with me quite quickly and therefore gut feeling is you know uh, something as a foundation it's important for me so listening to myself listening to my gut feeling art wise not art wise i go but i live i i wish to live my life by that well we wish to live our life by you no. <laughs> and this has been the most incredible hour and a bit chatting with you as always yes, your, your so second thank time yes. one of many we're going to re- drop him with you every couple of years and see where you grow because you're just um, getting more everyone and more. who wants thank to you. see this incredible show it's just opened um it runs from the 19th of november until the 28th of january and that's 2024 so you've got ages to see it will be open right until christmas and during the holidays you can come to margate as well so please come if we're not open you can actually book an appointment i also live very close to the gallery and i'm happy to open up for anyone that to see it over Rush. the holiday season and Guys. there's a tote and there's a poster yeah. and merch yeah. there's a pink there's tractor a pink. on a tote yeah. there's a pink tractor on a tote come on there's a beautiful Get Margate themed poster <laughs> thank you very much once again for having me it's been a pleasure as always and where always. can people find you you're at Navot Miller yeah. on Instagram yeah, which Navot. you just posted a beautiful video to is yeah. that Athens there's like a nudist kind of beach colony thing I want to go there it looks amazing we need to hang it but yeah Limanakia is the painting yeah I really want to go there it looks beautiful yeah Limanakia is beautiful and it's nudist and it's step into your paintings i want to visit all the places yeah, you're going. We want to yeah. someone life. just wrote yeah someone <laughs> just wrote me where is this beach how do i how do i get there so i sent him the wow. google maps location well anyway thanks everyone for listening we'll be back you. very soon from margate with love thank you never bye guys thanks for having bye. me bye 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 ciao ciao bye You've been listening to Talk Art with Robert Diamond and Russell Toby. Follow us on Instagram at Talk Art, where you can view images of all artworks discussed in today's episode, with music by Jack Northover. Subscribe to Talk Art at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Acast, or wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Give us a rating and write us a comment. Thanks for listening. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.